Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Last week, Tennessee Titans bid farewell to four veterans. This week, staff members and coaches are in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine starting to try to identify guys they think can be future Titans. Plus, one member of the coaching staff who uh, recently was demoted has decided to move on now. A uh, a busy last seven, eight, nine days for the uh, for the Tennessee Titans here early in the offseason, and we will... Uh, we will look at as many of those things as possible on this episode of the uh, the Believe in Titans podcast with uh, John Glennon. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Hope you guys are. Doing great here. And Denard Walker, former Titans cornerback. Denard, how are you, sir? I'm doing great this evening. How are you doing, David? Doing great. Doing great. And just uh, just to, to give the quick, uh, quick synopsis here, left tackle Taylor Lewan, wide receiver Robert Woods, uh, kicker Randy Bullock, inside linebacker Zach Cunningham, all uh, all released to uh, to create some space in the uh, in the salary cap, which uh, we knew those types of moves were coming. Uh, we will look at them cl- more closely. Luke Steckel, who had gone from tight ends coach to passing game analyst, is now moving on to uh, to a job with the Chicago Bears and. Uh, and Mike Vrabel has said that he will fill that position. It wasn't apparently just a, just a spot to get Luke Steckel through a contract. It is something I guess he wants on his staff. So uh, so there's that. Uh, Mike Vrabel, Rand Carthen, Tim Kelly have all met the media up in Indianapolis, talked about the quarterback position, among other things. So uh, – so we will talk about those things too, but before we do, let me remind you that the Believe in Titans podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season and every season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And uh, where we start is with, uh, is with, I guess, where you always have to start in when you're talking football with with the quarterback position and uh uh Rand Carthen says and I quote of Ryan Tannehill he is under contract and I'm excited about moving forward with him I know everybody wants to make a big deal out of the quarterback position and whether he will or won't be here but you guys just have to accept the fact that Ryan is under contract for us and right now he is a Titan, and he will be a Titan. So, John Glennon, how uh, how definitive an answer is that for you? Do uh, 
should we all start uh, start weighing whether Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill is worth drafting in fantasy football this year? Yeah, I, I would give it a a mildly definitive. Uh, I would I would have to say I still, you know, you still don't hear that that you know absolutely definitive. Yeah, Ryan's our guy. He's our man. We're moving forward. Uh, you know, there's no need to talk about this subject anymore. There's always a little bit of waffling on there, a little bit of parsing of words and so forth. Yeah, he's our guy. Uh, he's under contract. Uh, we, we like him uh, moving forward. And, and you're kind of thinking, okay, forward until, uh, you know, it, it's less than absolutely definitive. Still, I, I do think Carthen, uh, generally you look at his comments and I thought they were pretty pro Ryan Tannehill, pretty positive uh, um, in that regard. But what I thought was interesting too, of course, Mike Vrabel, is, as you mentioned, is, is up there at the combine as well. Um, and when he was kind of asked, uh, he was asked the question about adding a quarterback in the draft. Uh, and he said, um, I'm going to say this for every player. I'm open to adding great players to our roster, whether that's a quarterback, running back, D-line, cornerback. I believe I do believe we have some needs and holes. And he kind of finished that statement by saying, uh, you know, so we're looking for O-linemen that can protect the quarterback, whether that's Ryan, Malik, Josh Dobbs whoever else that might end up being. So then this came like, you know, within a few minutes of, of Ryan Carthen, you know, kind of giving a, what, what seemed to be a pro Ryan Tannehill statement. So yeah, I, I still, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't set him up on your fantasy draft uh, tab just quite yet. I still think there are situations that need to be looked at. You know, Ryan Carthen said they hadn't approached Ryan Tannehill's agent um, about, potentially restructuring a contract and he didn't want to get into that at all. But, uh, you know, and there's, there's, there's still a significant amount of gray is where I would, I would, I would say at this point. Yeah. yeah. The way, the way I look at it is they don't plan to cut him, but they're certainly open to trading him. I think is, yeah, yeah. is the way I interpret that. If uh, you know, if, if you, if you kind of try and cut through some of the, some of the, the nonsense there and, and the, the, the line that the line that always gets me is the he's under contract like that, you know, like that is, that is the great qualifier for, for all GMs. I remember uh, asking John Robinson early in an off season one year about, uh, another quarterback Zach Mettenberger and 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 got the you know he's under contract he's part of this team right now we'll see what happens and the next day Zach Mettenberger got <laughs> cut you know so uh that uh you know they 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 don't like to GMs don't like to tip their hands and understandably so but uh but I but I I agree I don't I I don't think that it that it's a lock but Denard let me ask you this it, you know by this point in the offseason Ryan Tannehill has probably, I mean, has he or hasn't he had conversations with Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthen? And and while we sit here and debate these sort of things, how how certain is Ryan Tannehill about where he stands with this team right now, do you think? I don't think there's no one player that is certain that they will be back next year, to be honest with you. That's just how it works. Every year, you know, there is a turnover uh, in the way the team will look. Um, and of course, it's always going to be about the quarterback, but I, I truly believe he will be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans next year. What he has one year left on this deal. 
correct? So if you're uh, on your left, I mean, do you feel strongly enough? And I know we'll talk about this later, but do you feel like there's a quarterback in free agency right now that you can bring in to challenge him for the starting spot? Or do you feel like right now you can go draft up high, take a player uh, like we're going to talk about later? You talk about taking someone like Bryce Young, and do you think that Bryce Young will come in right away and be ready to play? Uh, there's a lot of holes right now with this team, of course. You think about the offensive line. But to me, the one consistent or that what was consistent last year was the play of Ryan Tannehill. I thought he had a great season last year. We didn't talk about the turnovers like we did year prior. I mean, you think about it. What did he have last year? 13, was it 13 touchdowns and six interceptions before he got injured? And a lot of that came on the play of the offensive line that was decimated by injuries. So, again, I think he will be the starting quarterback. And not to mention, I mean, when your general manager come out and says, hey, listen, he's excited that – and I love what Rand Carthon said about uh, Ron. He says he's done a great job. And he stated he's excited about moving on with him. If that doesn't get me a vote of confidence, Davis, I don't know what does. Yeah, I, I mean – it. The free agent market, I guess, remains to be seen at this point. Uh, you know, we, we've seen the last couple of years, there's there's a lot more moving parts to the quarterback market than there used to be. And uh, and, and certainly this year's, you know, this year's draft is uh, is is an interesting one. And, and with the Titans sitting at number 11, they are they are certainly within reach of, of one or two of those top quarterbacks, I would think, if uh, if that's the kind of move they want to make. Rand Carthen gave it the old, uh, you know, we're open for business, meaning uh, he's willing to enter trade, entertain trade offers for the uh, for the number eleven pick. You know, Denard, you said it. There, there are, and Mike Vrabel said it. There are holes in this roster that need addressing. Should should the Titans even be thinking about? a quarterback somewhere in this, uh, in this draft, let alone with their, with their first round pick, or should they, uh, should they just be looking, looking elsewhere with the draft at this point? Well, he said in a statement that he was over <laughs> to Patty Green. <laughs> he said it. Hey, he says, and I love John. I'm just piggybacking off of you. He said it that, um, that he's uh, open to adding great players to the roster, whether it's at the quarterback, running back, defensive line, that means he's looking to get better. So anything can happen between now and draft day. But yeah, I, I just, again, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stand by what I said earlier. I just believe that he will be the starting back, starting quarterback in 2023. Well, and, and the one thing we know about Mike Vrabel is that Mike Vrabel likes familiarity, right? We, we've talked about it over and over again. Uh, the decision to to promote Tim Kelly after he had promoted Todd Downing to that job, after he had promoted Arthur Smith to that job, all the guys with Houston ties he has brought to this staff and and to this locker room, and uh, and, and I would think uh, I would think familiarity at the most important position on the football field is probably something that uh, that that he would he would like and he would value and and would feel good about for as long as. Uh, for as long as he can have that in place. And, and, you know, Ryan Tannehill has won games for Mike Vrabel. I, I think, uh, you know, it's safe to say that. And, and he probably feels good about that too. But there's, John, I'll ask you, there, there's even a sentiment out there though, that the Titans should get really bold, trade all the way up to number one for, uh, for Mike Vrabel is, or, or excuse me, for Bryce Young. Is that, 
is that even you know is that even attainable and 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 what do you think the titans are more likely to do if they move off 11 are they moving into the top 10 or are they dropping back and adding picks do you think yeah it makes for great fodder certainly i thought our our comrade and friend uh joe ricks wrote over at the athletic had a had an entertaining uh you know column uh today kind of taking a look at uh, you know, whether the Titans should move up, he kind of feels like they should uh, uh, go for the whole ball of wax and move all the way up to number one and, and take Bryce Young there. Um, you know, and, and there are certainly, uh, you know, some some reasons to think that that, you know, should be done. I mean, A, you know, if you think that guy is your franchise quarterback and, and he can be your franchise quarterback for a decade, anytime that's a possibility, you know, it certainly needs to be looked at uh, closely. Two, you would also be, if you went that route, you'd be bypassing both Houston at number two and Indianapolis at number four, two FC, AFC South rivals that obviously are looking for their own franchise quarterbacks, uh, you know, so getting a leg up on them that way. And this year, you know, you're at number 11 right now. Um, and that's as close as the Titans have been, you know, to, to number one uh, in, in a while. Uh, so, you know, you're not moving up as as far. You're not giving up as much uh, um, to move up to number one if you wanted to do that. Now, again, Joe was just uh, lobbing out a theory here and kind of having some fun, I think. But uh, he proposed uh, in, in moving up, uh, giving up. Obviously, the Titans would flip flop or would, would give up their number one pick. They would also give up a second round pick. They would give up a first round pick in 2024. And here's the kicker uh, in his um, um, uh, mind anyway. They would also give up Jeffrey Simmons uh, in this deal too. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, not quite certain that the Titans fans would be on board with anything involving uh, giving up Jeffrey Simmons. Um, That seems uh, a a bridge too far, although obviously you need to give up a lot to move up to number one. but honestly, if I if I look at uh, the way I think things will go on day one for the Titans, if I had to put a buck on it, I would say the Titans are more likely to move back than move up uh, to number one. And and one of the main reasons I think is, you know, there's a, there's a number of holes, and we've talked about that on on this team. You know, there's there's holes at wide receiver, big holes on the offensive line. You know, where where you might be filling four starting positions uh, with new players from from last year. Um, and you know, you look at inside linebacker. If David Long moves, that's another hole. You probably need another cornerback as as well. And you've only got six draft picks right now. So you know, I I think if the Titans move back a little bit, you know, add two three picks. I think they'd be in, in better uh, better shape overall uh, than they would. I think that's more likely the direction they will go. But, I, you know, there's always that temptation. If there's a guy at number one who you think you're absolutely convinced is your guy, hey, you know, do what it takes if you're only moving up 10 spots this year. I think I think if Rand Carthen traded Jeffrey Simmons a year <laughs> after – 
year after John Robinson traded <laughs> AJ Brown, Mike Vrabel's head would explode. You know, I mean, it was, you know, Vrabel, in fact, it was this time a year ago that Vrabel said publicly, you know, AJ Brown is going to be on, uh, is going to be on this team as long as I'm head coach. And, uh, and AJ was on a podcast last week and of course had to talk about the Titans again, but, but he echoed that said, said Vrabel had said that to him directly as well. And, and he thought that, uh, that that was going to be the case, and uh, I, I think Jeffrey, I, I would I would venture a guess that uh, that Mike Vrabel feels exactly the same about uh, about Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, uh, you know, Denard Rand Carthen has talked about how uh, how much he values the late round picks and and the success they had there in uh, in San Francisco with late round picks. Is it? Uh, you know how important is it? How worthwhile do you think it could be for the Titans to to trade back in you know later part of the the top twenty or whatever and add some of those guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round wherever you can get them if you can. You don't want me to bring up Brock Purdy, do you? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'll that bring him right up, Mister Irrelevant. But <laughs> if you look at last year, uh, we were talking about the trade with AJ, and of course that team moved up and. I'm thinking to myself, wow, they got some pretty big shoes to fill. But if you look at, you're only as relevant in this league as your depth. And one thing this team added, and John talked about this last year, I don't know last year, but when we did our podcast about the trade, was the amount of players that they end up receiving uh, from the trade. Think about this. Look at your, you got Traylon Burks. We saw the flashes when he's healthy. He's probably, more, he's going to be one of the best receivers in this league. Not to mention round two, they end up getting Roger McCurry. If that trade didn't happen, then my man, he's not in Nashville. And look at the way that he played last year. And that's with small arms. And then you talk about let's do, and look and look how many games did he start last year, John? I believe it was every single one. Every single one of them. <laughs> not to mention not round three, you go with the big man, Nicholas Petit Frere. A great season as a rookie. He held his own. He's only gonna get better. But look what happened. Look at round three. You end up getting a quarterback, Malik Willis. Let's go to Hassan Haskins. I mean, you talk, and then let's not let's not mention the the most valuable player who should be the offensive rookie of the year, Chigo Conquo, fourth rounder last year. What happened? Look at all that depth that you added. So you imagine there's no way in the world if I'm ran, I'm gonna give up all of this, you know, depth that I can add to my team. And not to mention, I'm gonna trade the big man. For one pick? Are you serious? No, that's that's just not going to happen. But I, I think the more you can add, the more value you add to your team. We're going to talk to Joe Rexroad uh, tomorrow. We're, we're going to fire Joe Rexroad as as the uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Clear. Let's just say that happens. We're going to be fired right along with him. <laughs> you know, Carthen Carthen has said also that uh that he has asked all the assistant coaches on the team to put together like a, a fifteen to twenty snap highlight reel of, of exactly what they're looking for in guys. And uh um you know, we, we hear this all the time about scheme fit and and what have you. And and Denard, I, I guess I'll ask you first, like how uh you know how real a thing is that like like for a cornerback are there are there defenses that you would have fit in much better than than maybe at other places when you played for example it's a great question david it's easy uh if i wouldn't have played if i wouldn't have got drafted by tennessee i would have never made it in the national football league to be honest with you because 
when I went to Tennessee, I ended up finding or I was placed in a system that it ended up fitting uh, my needs. And what I mean by that is it, it fit the qualities that I could I can do well. Uh, I was terrible at backpelling, but I was good at press man. Now, if you're, you go to a place and let's say you struggle at backpelling, but that's what they want you to do. Again, that that become a hindrance to a lot of guys. It, it, the system, it's all about the system. And you, you take Tom Brady, uh, David. Do you think that Tom Brady excels if he got, let's say, he went to the Cowboys instead of, let's say, uh, I forgot the team, uh, the Patriots. Yeah. What do you think? I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on what the Cowboys were doing at the time. I, that, that seems like a million years ago when Tom Brady yeah. came into the league, but, uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, I tend to think Brady would have done okay most places he went. But do you think he would be the same? We would regard him as the GOAT now if he was somewhere else. You know, it's all about the system, David. Yeah. I mean, the system is what it can make or break a player. I mean, let's take a look at, um, Who's the kid at Carolina who went number three to the Jets a few years out of out of the University of Southern California? Uh, the kid that looked good, six three, uh, had all of the talent in the world, and um, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, you know, prime example. Sam Darnold goes to New York. He was supposed to be the savior. It never panned out. Goes to Carolina, never pans out. Look at Baker Mayfield, prime example. It's all about the system. So I was very fortunate to be in a system at Tennessee uh, that fit what I did well, and that's play man coverage. But when I got to Minnesota, everything that I learned from the, my time at Tennessee and Denver, it went out of the door, and now I started playing coverages that I wasn't used to. So it's all about the system that you, you, you're placed in. And so, yeah, it, it means everything to a player as well as myself. Yeah, it was funny. I, I recall uh, it was probably – what was it? 2006, 2007. I remember, uh, I remember writing a column one time, the Titans starting cornerbacks at the time were, uh, were uh, Pac-Man Jones on one side and Ronaldo Hill on the other. And, uh, and about halfway through that season, I wrote a column where I said, uh, I said, imagine being Jim Schwartz, who was the defensive coordinator at the time, because in, in Pac-Man Jones, you've got the ultimate man-to-man defender, a guy who's who's as physically gifted and, and competitive as there is, and and loves to get up in a in a receiver's grill and and just run with him. But but you know he he's the kind of guy you can't trust to play his position properly in the zone. Like he just couldn't help himself. He was, he was just going to go after the ball or, or where he thought the ball was going. And on the other side, you had Ronaldo Hill, who was a smart guy, not nearly as athletic, not nearly as fluid, but, uh, but played really well in zone defense. And, and the interceptions he had made to that point in his career were all because he was, he was in the zone and was mm-hmm. able to, was able, you know, the quarterback didn't see him or was able to bait the quarterback into a throw. And I, and I said, imagine being Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, and knowing that every single play call you make, you're putting one of your starting cornerbacks in an uncomfortable position. And, I, you know, I, I remember thinking that it, when it was done, I thought that was that was pretty good. I like that. I think it's kind of an interesting take. And about two days later, as the, the coaches and players are coming out on the practice field, Schwartz comes up behind me. He's like, Beauclair, 
you got a you got a microphone in my office or something and you know it startled me because you never knew with jim schwartz like he could you know he could get angry at the darndest things and and i'm like what are you talking about he's like are you listening to all my conversations and i'm think i'm like what are you ta- i i didn't i didn't know what he says he says that piece you wrote about the cornerbacks he said i have that conversation in my office every single day with my staff <laughs> he said we just he, he's and i thought well that you're good for me i got that one right you know that was uh that was one of the rare occasions where a <laughs> coach will tell you you got it right but uh you know because mostly that, they that just tell you we, we don't read yeah to... i don't read anything somebody just told me this but uh <laughs> but that, that was back was when the... he spoke to media members yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so uh um you know john I'll, I'll ask you this you know you've got you've got a new you got a new tight ends coach in in tony dues uh you've got a new offensive line coach you've got a new offensive coordinator how how important do you think this is, you know, this, this approach of these guys, you know, detailing what they want? And, and should we, I guess we discount the uh, the idea, well, it's the best available athlete uh, when the Titans are drafting because the best available athlete might not fit what these guys want to do, right? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. You know, and teams always say that you take the, the best player available, doesn't matter for the position, which, of course, is ridiculous that, uh, you know, that that's not the case. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. If they're needy, they they take players that they that they need. Um, but I, I think it's a great approach from from Rand Carthen, you know, who was certainly involved in the scouting process in, in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, from from what we hear and from what Rand Carthen has said, you know, kind of the, the he and some of the other uh, front office types and the and the scouts, um, you know, basically ran the uh, the last few rounds uh, of the draft, and so he's got some pretty good ideas uh, on you know what what teams need, what what uh, coaches need. But this is a this is an ideal thing for a new general manager. A he's going to sit down with every single one of those assistant coaches and get that fifteen to twenty snap highlight reel. Uh, you know, so he's he's not um, only, you know, learning what each coach is like, he, you know, what what he wants, but, um, you know, what what type of player excels for that coach, what type of player excels in that system. So as a result, you know, you're less likely, I think, to wind up in those situations of the of the square peg and the, and the round hole or, or vice versa. And it seemed like sometimes. You know, especially the last few years, and and with John Robinson and Mike Frable, it seems like you did have those kind of situations where clearly the GM and and you know some of his people were excited about moving up to to get a guy, uh, you know, and and that guy just didn't really pan out. You know, the 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 coaching staff clearly wasn't uh, as much on board with with the player as as the front office had been. So. Great idea. I, I had not heard of, of any GM doing that. Maybe maybe this is common, but I hadn't heard of any GM doing that in the past. So uh, interesting and, and I think innovative approach by Rand Carthen uh, sitting down with each of those coaches and, and getting the highlight reel. And, uh, you know, hopefully as far as the Titans are concerned, that, that kind of gives them closer to exactly the type of player that they are looking for. Yeah, another uh, another story, real quickly from uh, from back in the day was uh, 2003. I will uh, I will never forget. Also, going into the third day of the draft, uh, we're all out in the media room, uh, the media workroom there, getting ready to, to start the third day of the draft. And then defensive line coach Jim Washburn comes in to get a soda and. Uh, 
and stops to chat a little bit. And somebody pointed out to him, they said, uh, said, well, Wash, uh, you know, Ryan Long, who's the Outland Trophy winner, is is still available. You know, maybe, you know, you guys got an early pick here on, on day three. Maybe that's a guy for you. And and Wash goes, we better not get that guy. He's like, I cannot stand him. I don't think he's a hard worker. This, that, that. He went off, and, and, and sure enough, the Titans picked Ryan Long in the fourth round. And and, and Washburn had inadvertently given us all a, 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 a an off-the-record angle that we, you know, tried to, tried to subtly work into stories and and you know long long ultimately had his moments over uh over a brief career with the titans i think those two uh those two ultimately worked it out just fine but uh but i guess there's there's no danger of of that sort of thing happening on uh on rand carthen's watch if this uh if this thing goes as expected uh uh, an interesting development too this week from the uh, the NFL Players Association, who apparently did a uh, a lengthy survey with the players, and more than thirteen hundred of them, I think the number was responded about uh, about their thoughts on on their teams and their their working environment and and the coaching staffs, the training staffs, that sort of thing, and. Uh, uh, the idea is sort of, I guess, to put pressure on teams to to do better. And uh, the Titans came in basically in the middle of the pack, ranked 18th overall in the NFL with a uh, with a B minus. Mike Vrabel got uh, got apparently got some love and uh, was was one of the highest ranked, most popular coaches in the league. Uh, where the Titans uh, came up short is their is their travel. I guess uh, they are they are one of the few teams that that makes young players pair up in hotel rooms. They're uh, they're one of the few teams that that doesn't have first class seats throughout the throughout the plane. Players have to have to work their way through coach coaching uh, or coach seats, coach style seats, whatever. Uh, Donat, I want to ask you. You know, you were you were with the Titans in in ninety seven and ninety eight when you were training in Bellevue and uh, in a temporary locker room with with trailers as meeting rooms and whatnot. And and then you know, nineteen ninety nine, you move into the the training facility in Metro Center. You move into uh, Nissan Stadium, which at the time was the Coliseum. Uh, and and you guys take off in 1999 13 to 3 go to the super bowl the the whole thing and the uh, the impression was that having those kinds of facilities and that kind of support and everything made a big difference and so i guess the question is how much of a difference did that sort of stuff make and 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 how important is is it to the uh to the working to, to the success of teams even in this day and age now oh david it was like night and day uh it finally felt like uh professional football uh 97 and 98 i mean we worked out of a trailer for two years it, it smelled it reeked it had a rinse it smelled <laughs> every morning we were next door to a uh women's fraternity was it a women's clinic uh majority of those women were getting ready to have babies and uh, the only thing that separated us was a door uh, that they kept locked. And and then not to mention the uniforms. We wore those same uniforms, the white on white, uh, pretty much 16, uh, 16 weeks. And not to mention we uh, were in a plane pretty much the first year, every game for 16 weeks. We didn't have a home field 
Uh, we played in Memphis. And then the second year, we played at Vanderbilt, which was not any better. And so uh, what happened was that uh, in 99, when we got the new stadium, it really galvanized the guys in the locker room, not to mention when we moved into the facility, it looked like what you envisioned what professional football should look like. It was first class. And when you have uh, what I call a great organization, they put a lot of money into just the little things. Uh, we talking about the nutrition. We talking about the weight room. David, the, the weight room, John, that we had when, when I played the first two years, it was in a little room. Uh, there was a couple bench presses and a squat rack. Uh, and, and I love Steve, Steve Waterston to death, but I mean, we had off season was a big old field in the back where they converted it to some football fields. So it wasn't, it was more like we were being tortured for two years. And then the next two years, <laughs> <laughs> then after that, we just took off because it, it makes the world a difference. You, you only, you know, if, you're only as good as your surroundings. You know, if you're around bad things, you, you kind of get bad results. And what Tennessee did the, the last two years that I was there is everything was first class. And, and that really what um, allowed that team to take off um, for a long time. And, and finally here, we, we would we would be remiss if we didn't ad- address the cuts that we mentioned uh, at the top of the show. Taylor Lewan, Robert Woods, Zach Cunningham, Randy Bullock. John, uh, you know, I, I think we discussed all of those guys to some degree in, in recent weeks. Was there uh, was there one that surprised you more than the others among that group? Well, real quick, I just wanted to yeah, touch oh, yeah. on uh, uh, Denard um, uh, about some of those like early a politician years. Politician with I, your talking points here. You got to get to got to get to your talking points. Uh, that's right, exactly. No, I, I can just remember one one uh, plan out of that, uh, or you know, practicing with with the trailer there as your as your home uh, base for practices and so forth. And if I remember correctly, uh, there was actually like a, a little bit of a hole in one of the trailer floors. Uh, and, and some of the players eventually could look down there and see underneath there, there was a bird nesting, uh, not, not far underneath the, uh, the trailer. So that was kind of one of the things that they were able to sort of, uh, keep their eye on as the season progressed. One of the, uh, uh unintentional, uh, added, um, uh, benefits, I guess, of, uh, of having a, a trailer as your home locker, basically. But anyway, onto the, uh, onto the cuts. No, I, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't surprised by any of the, the four big uh, cuts that they made. Um, you know, obviously Luan was the was the clearest because there was almost fifteen million dollars saved and, and zero dead money uh, as well. So that was a, that was a gimme. Um, you know, I guess the, uh, the there were two sort of dead money situations. Robert Woods, you know, they're they're going to have to hold on to two point six million, and Zach Cunningham uh, four point five million, but. Still, when you when you cut both those guys, uh, you're you're opening up about twenty one million dollars worth of space, so it still makes it worth it. The big question to me is, does Bud Dupree get added to the group? And I would have thought it would have happened by now, but uh, Jason Fitzgerald over the cap does a, does a great job with that website. He tweeted that uh, Bud Dupree has something a partial salary guarantee in his contract, which means the Titans basically have to wait until the start of the new league year on March 15th to release him. So that's something to keep our, our eye on there, that Bud Dupree might be cut just a little bit later than what we might have thought. Yeah, and, and you know, the Titans didn't have to make those moves when they did, but I think uh, I, I think 
they were they were so obvious, I guess, in a lot of ways. And Rand Carthen going ahead and just uh, just just sending guys on their way and, and wishing them luck. I, I Robert Woods is the one guy to me though in that group that you say, well, can probably still play some good football if 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 you make the right moves. That's a guy who could have a role on this team, uh, uh, given given the shortage of wide receivers that they had last year. You know, you're you're just adding to the to the need there to to get that position fixed and and get it fixed right. But that's uh, you know that that's obviously coming in free agency in the draft, and uh, and that is a that is one of those things we will watch closely in the uh, in the next couple of weeks. But that will do it for uh, for this episode of Believe in Titans. Denard Walker, as always, thank you, sir. Thank you, Denon Glennon. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. And I am David Beauclair. Again, thank you, everybody out there, for listening to Believe in Titans, brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.